Welcome to Arch Rivals Football. Here is your starting lineup. Number 20, Darnell the Playmaker Sowings. Number 94, Alex the Bearman Alcazaz. Number 24, Ricky Litwinkowicz. This show is sponsored by Raz Energy, DreamController.com, and Steiner Sports. Arch Rivals Football is a Pain Train Pipe Bomb production. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Arch Rivals Football Season 3. The panel loaded today, even though Darnell's hiding behind that huge-ass pop filter that he's got on his microphone. Uh, hey, you don't even start today, all right? You are, you are ready. You tried me yesterday. You trying to keep it going. You better watch it. Listen, I am good to go today. I can actually throw some uh, fuel on the fire. Because even though we have Bearman here and we have Darnell here, we actually have a fireman on the show. Mm -hmm. He's now not only a Facebook felon, but a Instagram felon himself. Mr. Jamal mm -hmm. Edwards, what's up? What's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, Jamal? Hey, that's because you got Jamal on, so it doesn't mean you safe. Listen, uh, <laughs> I have a brother in arms now because uh you still ain't safe for me. Well, nobody is safe from us, period. And I'm going to say this, okay? Everybody said everything about that. No, Mark, your giants is just choking. That's what they doing. Well, we're gonna get to them in a few minutes, okay? Because uh legitimately minutes before this show went on the air today, I get the message. Arch Rivals is trending all over Facebook, all over Instagram. So just know that if you somehow miraculously missed this show, we are on the uptick and you guys will get brand new stuff, brand new material. Every time we're out, brand new graphics, you know it, we're going to bring it. So uh, just to know the fact that I got that message about the trending thing. I'm happy as a pig and shit. That's all I have to say about that. And Mark, I'm just going to let you know the um, the refs did not screw over the Giants. Uh, Jason Garrett screwed over the Giants, just for the record. Thank you, Jamal, because you won't believe how many times I've said it because, you know, I've suffered from this as a Cowboy fan. Jason Garrett is too controversial. I mean, he's lost cause, right? Jason Garrett in the world of iPads and, and, and technology in the refrigerators, um, he's still using a flip phone. That's who Jason Garrett is when it comes to offensive play calling. His are his play calling is so 90s. That's why they're losing. Daniel Jones, you I'm not making the case that Daniel Jones is one of the top five to ten quarterbacks in the NFL. What I'm telling you is you can win football games with Daniel Jones. He Daniel Jones is what Kirk Cousins is supposed to be. And he's more athletic. He can throw the deep ball. He's a lot better, and he's not being utilized because Jason Garrett is stuck in the 90s somehow. Yeah, he's old school. That's I've said that so many times on my show, but unfortunately, you know, Cowboys Nation thinks I'm an idiot for saying that. But, you know, it is what it is. If you disagree with me, fine. But, you know, I do the research. Y'all believe me. Listen, from what I saw from the Giants game on Thursday night, now I didn't get to see the first half, obviously, because we had Pipe Bomb on, and I was miraculously trying to do three things at once. 
But from what I saw in the second half of that game, the Giants killed themselves. I cannot put it on Jason Garrett for them having a touchdown on a blown coverage. Mm -hmm. Receiver playing out, played hot potato with the ball. Okay? (laughs) The last drive, the defense shot themselves in the foot. It's almost like saying Ron Rivera comes out to them and goes, guess what? I'm giving this loaded shotgun to you, and I want you to just Kirk Cobain yourself and commit suicide. I'm not even joking when I say this. Third and seven, a holding penalty. Automatic first down. They had an offsides penalty. That gave Washington more yardage. The field goal try. I don't want to hear anybody say they blew that call. Because that defender was in the neutral zone before the ball was snapped. That is a cardinal no-no. I don't care how much you're trying to block a kick. You got to fucking stay on sides. Now, here's the thing about that. So, no, there's the play call for that is called no-brainer freeze, right? Because it's a no-brainer that they're trying to draw you off sides, whether it's a field goal or um, a fourth and inches situation. And yet, so the defense says no-brainer freeze, you know, offense and defensive line. Don't move. They're trying to draw you. Don't do anything. What got me about that is that the guy wasn't even in the right position to block the football. What are you doing moving? Why are you moving? You have no chance of blocking the kick. So I don't know. It was just everything about that was bad. It, but Daniel Jones had like a 40-yard run that was negated because the wide receiver doesn't know how to not hold. Like holding, I don't understand how people still do it. It's it's You know the refs are going to find You're the only one there. These receivers, you have to do a better job. Just hit them. Just hit the guy or just stand in the way like a normal person. But, yeah, Giants, they screwed themselves. And the senator, uh, Taylor Heineke, the legend is being is continuing to be born. 93 uh, completions in his first three starts, which is an NFL record. Um, And so shout out to Taylor Heineke because I believe in the senator. And I'm nicknaming him the senator before he gets really popular. That way I can say I was the first one on the train. (laughs) Again, to to me, like I even watched the replay. And shout out to NFL.com for actually putting out some decent replays this year. But um, they 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 put out every every blown call, every you know every fumble or bumble or stumble or whatever you want to call it for the New York Giants on Thursday night. But there was only one turnover in the game, and that didn't happen till the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I I, I got to tell you though, to me I thought it was a good game until the last drive. hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it was a good game all the way through, but again, like, how many times are you going to shoot yourself in the foot before you you actually just kill yourself off, or you end up cutting off a limb or something? Like that, that's just a bad spot for them. And uh, now the Giants are zero and two. The Washington Football Team is one and one. Obviously, final score was one point thirty to twenty nine. Um, Washington only could go up from this point. 100%. 100%. They can only go they can only go north from this point and they and they do have a lot of potential on that team. They really do. Uh it's just again it's like how many times are we going to see the uh the gambles from Ron Rivera throughout the season so I think that's just going to be uh more the critical point. Boston um, defense it's still respectable but you know all the yards they've allowed the last two games if that continues you know that defense is is going to start being 
question, but they're still sacking the quarterback. So Washington's defense, even though they're allowing a lot of yards, they're still in good shape. They're one of the best defenses in the league. This first game is it's it's technically the fourth preseason game. It's going to take four or five games for teams to really get a swing of things. If Taylor Heineke plays like this, the way he played against the Bucks off the street in last year's playoff game, and it looks like you know he's continuing that with this game against against the Giants, Washington can absolutely win this division, like easily, because they have the, the the Washington has the best defense in the division, and I'll always give the edge to the team with the best defense. If Taylor Heineke can just be this, whatever this version of him is, he doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be awesome. He has to um, inspire the guys. I don't think a lot of the Giants players trust Daniel Jones. Um, I'm not sure how the Eagles players – it seems like Jalen Hurts has that, but I don't think Eagles defense is any good. And then the Cowboys, I, I don't know how they feel about Dak, but, I mean, that team, that team's problems are well beyond roster. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Starts with the owner. Yeah. All right, so there was news that came out again just before we went on the air, and it just so happens to be with a fine. And part of my job on Sundays is to watch all of these games. So I got to see this kind of uh, up in front, up front and personal when it happened. And it just so happens to be the uh, Cleveland-Kansas City game uh, Ronnie Harrison got fined $12,000 for the incident with the Chiefs coach. And oh my god. Here's here's the deal with this cuz I thought this was kind of uh a little peculiar and no matter how the footage was shown, the Chiefs coach initiated the whole thing by pushing the player and I to, to me, you know what? If you're if you have a coach pushing a player, the player really should be able to defend themselves. Unfortunately, at this point, it got put on the player, and then he got ejected from the game. So let's talk about a little bit about that. You just said it. I mean, that's all there needs to be said. The, the Chiefs, the Chiefs coach initiated it. Now, I wouldn't be as upset with the twelve thousand dollar fine because I don't think a player should be touching a coach or a ref or anybody else. However, the Chiefs coach also needs to be fined and yeah. if, if that didn't happen then i don't know why the player is getting fined because if that chief's player chief's coach didn't do it touch him this wouldn't have happened so i don't i'm not i'm not i'm not totally understanding the ruling i i i wish they would explain why the chief's coach didn't end up getting um some type of uh punishment either so so right on right there uh, jamal right on the, the fact that it, it seems like the player is being punished when he didn't start it, but the, but the coach is not getting anything. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So if the NFL is not investigating this thing any, any further or deep, then what the hell, man? Like like you said, the coach started it, okay? Now, and Jamal, you're right. Yeah, no player should ever put his hands on a coach or an official. But, you know, I was always mentioned, like, if so, you know, if, if somebody puts their hands on you, then of course you're gonna fight back. I mean, some some guys live like that. Like you know, you you attack me, of course I'm gonna get you back. But well, it also does go to say in the article here that the uh, Brown Center J.C. Treader, who's also on the NFL Players Association, thought Lewis's actions also did warrant the punishment, although the NFL didn't come down on him yet. Okay, so then why are you handing out fines? If you're not, your investigation isn't over, right? Mm -hmm. What you're telling me is, okay, we're looking at the Chiefs coach 
but we're not we're not totally there yet deciding you know what happened or what what's the delegation but you're quick to jump on the player that reacted and i i do get the old hockey you know uh it's not the first guy who throws the punch that gets in trouble it's the second guy but the coach clearly initiated the contact like it's a little bit different here and it's a you know they and they're going to make it seem like this this player just ran on the sideline and attacked this coach it's ridiculous i you know i don't understand Okay, both of them get fined twelve thousand dollars and just be done with it. This would have been a non-story. See the way you just explained it, it seems like the NFL is twisting the story. Uh-huh. Yeah, in journalism terms, in my case, when it's a story is twisted, it's not told properly, that's fucked up. Sorry for the language, but that's fucked up. Yeah. So in other news, the uh, New Orleans Saints, who have been currently ejected from the dome down in Louisiana will probably not be returning home until week four on the NFL schedule. So that if they do have any home games, they will be alternated somewhere else. For example, maybe like a Jacksonville or a Carolina, which is in somewhat of a proximity to uh, Louisiana. And, uh, I mean, apparently this is almost like, what, five weeks now from the hurricane that they have uh, been kind of homeless i mean yeah it's but same to the people that live down there like this is kind of what you this is kind of what you pay for you know what i mean when you when you live in an area that is um susceptible to natural disasters i.e hurricanes in this situation uh this is kind of just the price of admission when when it comes to that uh it's it's unfortunate um i am surprised that new orleans or teams that are affected like florida don't have a secondary practice site that they lease out in another state. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some, you know, um, you know, some teams with minor league teams aren't in the same state. Like they, they go to like neighboring states or somewhere else that they can go travel to. Uh, I'm shocked. Uh, and I'm, you know, it would be dope if the NFL or, or any of the major league sports would come up with a, um, uh, like a singular place that they they can hold events and they rent it out the rest of the year, but just for this, like, okay, uh, we're gonna go to, you know, somewhere in Montana. You know what I mean? Like it's just a stadium that just happens to be out there that everybody can travel to far from hurricanes and water and flooding and all that other stuff that, you know, anybody could use. Like I, I think that would be a pretty dope idea instead of just scrambling to find somebody to borrow a stadium from. But then even then though, like obviously there's I'm not, I can't even put a number on how many college stadiums there are. And especially, I, I can understand maybe if it's not in the state of Louisiana, that may be all fine and good. But let's say you could use a college stadium on an NFL Sunday, even if you have another team in that particular vicinity. For example, I'm pretty sure there's probably maybe five or six college stadiums that maybe the Saints could go to, even when a Jacksonville is home, that could still support at least a 50,000 fan stadium fill i think that probably would be the best bet right you know like it's it's one of those things but again we're also looking at a commissioner who probably can't figure out whether he's got his underwear on correctly let alone <laughs> fucking try to have his have his own own setup of, of alternative sites for teams to play at places hey look i'm a big roger goodell fan man he changed the game of football we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for raj uh, on a first name basis, I know me and Roger Goodell odd combo, but uh, I, I like Roger Goodell. I think he's he's better than Rob Manfred. I'll tell you that. 
Oh, uh, okay. by a long <laughs> shot, he's yeah. definitely better than Manfred, but you know. As far as the Saints go, actually, gentlemen, I'm looking at here about 55 minutes ago. ESPN reported that the Saints have lost two more assistants for the game against the Panthers amid COVID-19 protocols. Oh, We're not allowed sick. to see the word, C word. Oh, no my. C word. Uh, world. I'm sorry. The worldwide bastard. There you go. Yeah. There, there we, we go. go. We're correcting we it now. I'll have to yeah. bleep out the C word. That's a, that's, a, that's a quarter in the jar for you, buddy. Yeah, you that. Start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing about that, man. It's like, for what, you know what I mean? Like for what to appease your, to appease the big money guys, you know, your sponsors or whoever it's like, it's, and it's sad because we've seen it with Dan Snyder and their Washington racial slurs, you know, FedEx came in and said, Hey, you have to change the name. And Dan Snyder said, hell no, I'm not doing that. And then all of a sudden, the money starts going away. All right, we're pulling this. We're pulling this sponsorship. We're, we're taking money away from this. And I, now here you go. Next year, Washington Red Wolves are coming next year, or Washington, whatever they're going to be called. And um, and it's it's the same thing with this uh, the Worldwide Bastard thing. It's like, hey, uh, we have to send these guys away now. But for what? You know, we got the vaccinations. We got this. We got that. Uh, you know, just it's. And the fact that they're not allowed to have any contact, it's just, it's, it's prolonging. It's nonsensical to me. It's just like, all right, man, like we have to start normalizing this thing and stop making it a big deal or else it's never going to go away or exactly. things are not going to return to quote unquote normal. Well, I definitely want to highlight this comment because we have a whole, whole bunch of people in our, in our chat and we thank you for showing up. Um, if it weren't for you guys that uh, we would be trending right now, like it would be, it would be pretty much a, a crap shoot, but um, John Mizak says the loss of assistance isn't the biggest worry for him, to be honest. And you know what? There is so many staff members on a, on an NFL team that could pick up the slack that are probably going to be some type of uh, a better offensive or defensive defensive uh, coach at some point. They know all that. They know what's going on. Let's be honest. And, and, and I, if you're going to uh, put somebody in a box up in the freaking top of the stadium, then do that. If you if you don't want these guys around your players, then you know put right. them in a freaking skybox or some shit. But slow down on that. The assistants don't matter. One, we don't know which assistants there are, and I mean, I could give you a couple names: Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, Andy Reid, Sean McDermott. All started as assistants, right? Like, I just don't just blatantly discount assistant coaches, especially if we don't know who they are and what they actually do for the team. One of them could be the next great you know, coach for the next decade. So uh, I, I would, I wouldn't dismiss the, the assistant coach not being their thing. I, I, I mean, but the, the, the great thing about a lot of the team staffs are, is like, if you have staff meetings, like for example, special teams has their, their own meetings. Uh, linebackers have their own meetings. Corners have their own meetings. Like it's, it's broken down so much that there's just not, not one coach in that room. There's like three or four like, one's a main one, and there's, like, a subsidiary coach or something like that. And I can guarantee tell you, even though they're not physically at the game, I guarantee you, by some hook or crook, they're sitting in a hotel room somewhere, and they're Skyping in or they're Zooming in and say, hey, like, these are the 100%. plays that we really want to do. And they're they're communicating even though they can't be at the game. Like, the NFL does allow yeah. to do that. It's just that they, like, they have a different feed from, like, what we see. Because yeah. everything else is like a 10 or a 6. Uh, I think it's either a 7 or 
15 second delay from what we see to the actual stadium itself uh medina antonio yeah the uh, my bet is that they will be the washington red wolves next year uh the red wolf is an indigenous extinct animal that has been linked native to the dc area so uh i think i think the red wolves is probably where we're gonna end up and one of the ones barring the copyright from i think it's about 12 different teams they actually were looking at wolf pack as well so um to be continued we'll see next year we'll We'll find it we'll find out at the end of the year that's right i'm pretty sure they know the uh, last thing i heard is that they are down to three names um uh and i mean that they have to choose a name because they were actually thinking about keeping football team except uh i don't know the actual organization i don't know who determines that but uh they couldn't copyright the word football team because it's too generic so now they're being forced to pick a name uh, they're like, all right, enough of this football team shit. You know, it, it's too generic. You can't keep it. Pick a name. And uh, I think that guy's copyright, the uh, the DC, I think he's an accountant or a real estate guy or whatever he is. I think those end at the end of this, or they've already ended. Uh, and Washington had gone around and, and sno- um, snagged up the ones that they like. And uh, apparently they're, they've whittled it down to three. Well, so. it's it's funny, though, because they really technically don't have an official logo either which mm-hmm. is, uh, again, one of those weird things. And with this, the difference from this year to last year, I believe, is last year they had WFT on their helmets. This year they're in the college style with just the jersey numbers on the sides of the helmets. Well, no, they, so, didn't, uh, they, didn't have, they didn't have anything on the helmets the first year when they took the, um, the, the, the racial slur uh, logo off. It was a blank red helmet with the yellow striping. Then the next year they put the numbers on there. As Jeez. far as the, the word for the name Red Wolves, you know, I always say uh, a sports team should be named based on the environment and the history of that certain city. I don't know why. It's merely my opinion, but that, that's just how I feel. So well, based on how you say about Red Wolves, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, I know I know Red Tails was popular because they wanted them to go with like the Tuskegee Airmen type deal. Um, that'll never happen, just for obvious reasons. But uh, also... Dan Snyder and company are really big on keeping the team with an R uh, because they have copyrighted the, um, I guess, a a popular hashtag in the D.C. area is hashtag HTTR, which was hail the racial slurs. I'm never going to say that word because it's a racial slur, but you know what it is. Um, Their previous team name. And so they kind of wanted to keep the team, whatever it was going to be called, it has to start with an R. So we will uh, we will see. Okay, so uh, let's get to some football. Uh, the news yes, is fun, sir. but the games are yes, even let's. more fun. Yes, let's. Okay, so the uh, the newer upgraded graphics begin. New York Jets travel to the Razor in New... Oh, actually, no, I believe I have this backwards. The Jets are hosting the New England Patriots this Sunday. Yep. Uh, the line for the game is minus six under over 43. The news is not good for the New England Patriots as of currently right now. And here comes the fun parts. Trent Brown is out for this game. Yesterday, they announced that Kyle Van Noy out for the game uh, to critical parts of the team. Yeah, this does not look, uh, this does not look very well for the, uh, the Patriots. Um, but they so are pretty much case- playing a uh, young Jets team that's got their injuries of their own. And so in that case, it's the question of who you like better, Matt Jones or Zach Wilson? Matt Jones. Matt and that's Jones. why the Patriots 
And that's why I'm still picking the Patriots. <laughs> it don't matter. Did you watch the Jets play last week? Give me hey, one Zach thing. Zach Wilson came, came alive in the second half, man. Listen, man, give me one thing that is like you look at the Jets and we're like, oh, yeah, that's a that that team. That team's going to be OK. Nothing. Not a hey, game what, what does Jets stand for again, Ricky? Just end the season. Yeah. J-E-T. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's how you feeling right now? Does end the season for the Jets right now? Listen, I'm not. I'm I'm just gonna kind of say it this way, and uh, shout out to uh, that critical Broncos fan who's joining us for the first time. Welcome to the show. Listen, the Jets are in probably again like the umpteenth year of rebuilding. Obviously, the Sam Darnold thing didn't work. You went out. Oh, on, who, on... who beat them last week? Yeah, Sam Darnold, who actually reunited with his his buddy Robbie, and they had a great game. And the defense kind of carried yeah. that game for Carolina as well. Let's not let's, let's but we not but we knew that either. that was Matt Rule's his first year he got there. He rebuilt that defense and told us we are going to be a defensive team. I knew this was going to work for Sam Darnold because he's a deep ball thrower. The Jets did not have anybody that could run a deep route except Robbie Anderson. They got rid of him for whatever reason. I knew it was going to work. The Panthers are going to be okay, man. Don't you know? Don't sleep on them. But yeah. And once they, and once a lot of these teams are going to get there, some of these guys that got injured in the preseason, they come off the the pup list. You're going to mm-hmm. see teams get a lot stronger, and a lot of guys can't come back till week four, or week six. So you're going to have your your learning curve and your bumps and bruises till these guys get back. But in in significant rights, though, Patriots are going to be down quite a few players. Got a lot of guys are listed as questionable. Uh, Trent Brown out. Uh, Queen, uh, Quinn Nordeen, kicker, out. They're obviously signing Nick Folk to take that spot. Uh, Janu Smith, questionable. Um, Yadani Kuje, questionable. I mean, the laundry list for, for guys on the injury list is more significant for the Pats than it is for the Jets. Uh, but you're also looking at a touchdown, a touchdown difference and teams possibly only scoring 43 points. Gentlemen, let me ask you a simple question. All right. Which team has the better quarterback? Obviously, I believe Mac Jones. Okay. Obviously, which obviously team has Jones. the Which team has the better coach? The Patriots. Which That's team on. has oh, the That's which, an unfair question. Which team has the better defense? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's that, uh, Jamal, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to be honest with you. That. I knew it. That is that that is the flip of a coin. And here's why. Oh, yes. I don't think so. Here's why. I don't think so. Here's why. Miami ran the ball all over a rebuilt, restocked New England Patriots defense. That's okay. the difference. Um, they did great against the they did great against the pass. They did not do well against the rush last week versus Miami. What did the what did the Jets do to the Panthers? Um, they threw the ball. Okay. Is that and Darnell, your comment about Zach Wilson lighting it up in the second half. Do you know what the score was in the second half of that game? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they let him. They let him light it up. They didn't care. Just hey, keep the. You know they. Sec teams getting losing, and then this is why people think Matt Ryan is good. This is why people think Philip Rivers is good, because they collect all these second half garbage time stats. Because team defenses don't care. They lay off. They're hitting a bunch of underneath routes. They get lucky with a deep throw, and all of a sudden Matt Ryan is in the Hall of Fame, even though he's a perennial loser. Uh, 
second half comebacks and gaudy stats in the second half when you were getting washed, you only had three whoa, positive whoa, plays in the first you know half what? in that game. Put a pin on that because he said something about Matt Ryan. I'm getting to when we talk about the Falcons. Okay. I'll yeah, yeah. We pin, have a lot of put games. Put a pin in that one. Put a pin in that one. My bad. I'm t- yeah, Pats. My bad. All right. So general consensus. Give you. Give us. Let's get the picks because uh, the Broncos fan is going to argue with the Jet fan in the chat, and I really want to grab a bag of popcorn to watch that. Hey, last time I checked, the Broncos want to know the Jets not. So, uh, Bearman, I'll go with you first. What's your pick? Get right to it. The New England Patriots. Okay. You know, but I do expect this game to be. I mean, it's hard to tell, but uh, I would love to see both Wilson and Mac Jones kind of. Both be good. I mean, this is a it's a it's a showdown between two rookie quarterbacks, but you know it's Bill Belichick. You know the Patriots have the advantage as far as the coaching goes, but I do have a lot of respect for Robert Saleh, and and I really hope that he can actually make a difference for the Jets, and I believe he will. But it's, that's going to take some time. But I think it's going to go with. I think the Patriots get it. You think they cover the six? It'll go either way. I mean, I don't want to make a prediction. I can't I, I, that kind of thing, but you know. Yes. I expect, yes. I expect this game to be hard fought. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Hard fought. And okay. I do mean hard fought. Pats by at least 10. And Darnell? You really? You got to no, pick, pick the under mm. over this week, man. You got to pick the under over this week. There's no escaping that. It, it's like poison in my mouth that I'm picking the goddamn Patriots. <laughs> ah! There you go. Tighten up oh, that balloon knot, baby. That's mm-hmm. that's why he picked that game first because he knew I was going to be on. So he wanted me. <laughs> no, to I'm have actually so far at the game. I, I will admit this: I am legit going off the NFL schedule on NFL. I Fox. know you were because I did the same thing. Patriots, man. All right. Well, I am going to pick the Pats, but it's not going to be by six. Uh, career history: no game has gone over seven points the last few meetings against each other, no matter who the quarterback was. So I will take the pat the Pats to win. Jets minus six, and uh, I'm gonna go probably under. All right. Next up, Denver Jacksonville. This, <laughs> my friends, this is going to be one of the uh, career interesting matchups. Trevor Lawrence coming off a three and three touchdown to uh, pick ratio. Denver will be without uh, Darby and Jerry Judy for this game. Uh, we got the line. It is uh, Denver minus six under over 45. Jamal. Yo. Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. How would you describe Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy, describe him how? What do you mean? What are you looking for? As a quarterback. So... To me, Teddy Bridgewater is in that tier, middle of tier two, where he can win you games, right? But you shouldn't build your team on the fact, trusting the fact that he can win you the game, right? So in last year with the Saints, what made him really good with the Saints is that they had really good route runners and they had a good offensive line and they had a decent running game to help him out. And what is Teddy Bridgewater's bread and butter is he can throw accurately. He's athletic enough. He can he can throw good anticipatory throws. He's just not a deep ball thrower. He does his arms not strong enough. The reason why the Broncos 
are so good for Teddy Bridgewater and why I was really excited that he went there is because that's that team is built exactly how you want your team to be built when Teddy Bridgewater is your quarterback. Okay. They averaged 355 yards last year. Teddy Bridgewater's first game with the Broncos, they generated 420 yards of offense. The Broncos have found their quarterback. I said okay. it. Bear man. Just a, a, a quick a quick summary. What happened to Jacksonville last week and Trevor Lawrence? Well, he's he lost his first regular season game in his career. To who? The Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. Teddy Bridgewater Ricky? is better, better than Tyler Ricky? Taylor. Don't do that. Ricky. Give me the Broncos because if you lose it to Houston, <laughs> and we know damn well, Denver has the better defense. Matter of fact, yeah, hold on. Bradley Chubb on one end and Vomit on the other end? Oh, you Lord. also got to remember Bradley Chubb did not play last week. Oh, that's even worse. So this is his first game. So you know, he, oh, my gosh. Um, I don't even care what the line is. This, this give me the over. I'm taking the Broncos to walk into TIAA field and have Trevor Launch feeling terrible. And they're going to put the camera on Urban Myers looking stupid because he don't know he got a thousand yard back behind him. Uh, so give me the Broncos. Jamal, you can go, uh, you go ahead on this before I uh, snap a little. <laughs> just, just a little. Oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I mean, it, it is kind of a fairly easy game to pick, right? The Broncos are better than the Texans. And the Jags gave up 37 points and 450 yards to Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks. It, it, it's I Urban Meyer. It was always going to take a year for Urban Meyer to figure it out. I don't know why everybody thought he was going to come in and it was going to be Florida or Ohio State out the gate. It's just, you know, hopefully he makes it through the year. But I don't I'm not anticipating this being a close game at all. It's not it's not that Jamal is. Urban Meyer knows the game of football, right? Yeah. Why are you not giving your thousand yard rusher from a year ago to football? Because you have the number one draft pick and you got to get him reps. The preseason's cut short. You can get him reps, but we all know a good running game helps a quarterback. Yeah, but when when you when you start losing the game in the manner they did and how the game got out of hand, you got to throw the ball. Like it is what it is. At that point, just keep throwing, just keep throwing it. Like well, running the running the ball is not something that needs rhythm, right? Like you, the I'm running back's always going to be able to run. You got to the quarterback has to find NFL rhythm, and I think it's more important for the long term success that the, that Urban Meyer gets Trevor Lawrence NFL snaps. And I think you know you can sacrifice this extra game, right? Technically, this is the fourth preseason game. You can sacrifice a game or two at the beginning of the season because I mean, honestly, if the Jags figure out halfway through the season and they go on like a seven or eight game run, it's not going to matter. It'll look really? good. Rick, I'm gonna give you a special over under. Over under, Trevor Lawrence throw thirty passes. Obviously, but here is here is the dynamic, and this is the reason why we have a lot of issues with football these days. Okay, I'm gonna say this as an analyst, not as a fan. So again, this is a show done by fans for the fans. Got to make sure we get that line out. Okay. The game is not smash mouth football anymore. It is not mm -hmm. ground and pound anymore. Any opportunity, you're going to see guys come out passing on first down. It has become a pass happy 
gunslinger NFL league. You got this new, brand new, shiny toy in Trevor Lawrence. Hello. <laughs> We've seen this happen before. Numerous quarterbacks that have come out of, let's say, Alabama, whoever flourished in the NFL, aka Tua, or I'm gonna, I, I could probably say the, the the Philly quarterback again. I, re- I have to remember 1,800 names. I'm not gonna remember them all at the same point. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Jalen wait, Hurts. wait. Okay. The disrespect that you just said, gentlemen. No, no, no. But again, this is the deal. Okay, it's a pass happy league. You got your brand new shiny toy. You're gonna want to show him off. You want to show off his arm. You want to show off his mobility. The list goes on and on. This is what happened last week. Because if you have teams, aka Denver, aka the Patriots, aka the Rams. That list is going to go on for probably about another seven more teams. And what do they all do? They run the football. If you do not have talent on your team to run the football, all you're going to do is pass the ball 35 times plus. Mm. Denver has Melvin Gordon. They can afford to run the ball and take it off of Teddy Bridgewater. They had James Robinson who went for more yards than Melvin Gordon. Listen, I don't give a rat's ass about freaking who's running the ball in Jacksonville. This is the main difference that's going to determine this game. Teddy Bridgewater is finally going to get his true shake in a fucking team. Mm -hmm. He's not had it since he got injured in Minnesota, what, five years ago? He was a New York Jet. Four or five years ago. He was a Saint. Now he's a Denver Bronco. He was a Panther last year. Homeboy hasn't had a home. This team is better set up for Teddy Bridgewater than any of the teams he's ever been on. Mm -hmm. This is is Bridgewater's time to shine. He's got one of the youngest receiving cores in the game. He's got one of, if not flourishes, one of the best tight ends that's coming up in the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, And he actually has an experienced veteran in a running back for a freaking backfield. And they have a monster rookie running back, Javante Williams, out of North Carolina that they drafted. Exactly my point. The shiny brand-new toy in Jacksonville is only going to last so long before they say, hey, our quarterback is getting the shit and snot knocked out of him every week because he's got to pass the ball 35 to 50 times in order for them to stay in the game. And it's not going to, their offensive line is awful. And I don't understand why teams continue to draft these high end quarterbacks, bring in these high end free agents, and they don't fix the one thing that actually matters on the football field that offensive line. You could have the best offensive line in football and you can get away. You could have Nathan Peterman back there and be decent. So I don't understand, like, if you have a guy who is as talented and skilled as Trevor Lawrence, why you would not even invest. <laughs> big money into making sure you have the best possible offensive line. This is exactly what the Bills did. Uh, The Cowboys actually did this a few years ago when they went 13 and three. They used all their draft picks on offensive linemen and they had a really, they had the best offensive line in football. They just didn't have anybody else, (laughs) you know, but you know, Jerry Jones got too excited and then he does what he always does. He pays the skill players, which is the one thing you never should do. I don't care who you are. Um, That's why the Cowboys are in the position they are now. Yeah, man. Go, go, go ahead. Give you a pick real quick before I before I get Urban Myers a, a message. Well, Denver is actually in pretty good shape, and I'm glad. In Teddy Bridgewater's case, I'm glad he's finally on a team that's good where he belongs. Okay, 
And uh, even though J uh, Judy is out, and there's a, the other player, I think Darby. Ronald, Ronald Darby is the uh, yeah. the starting corner. Yeah. Even though they've um. lost two big players, the Broncos are still in good shape. And I'm curious to see what, the, what that defense can do against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars with all the Jacksonville's uh, woes. So that being said, I'm going straight to the point. Denver's winning this. There's no questions asked. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Broncos. It could be Broncos destruction. Mm -hmm. Urban, run the football. You're going to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb ready to kill Trevor Lawrence. And guess what's going to happen next week? Taylor Jones, who beat the brakes off Ryan Tannehill last week, going to be doing the same thing we three for you. Run the football. All right. So I'm pretty sure that's a consensus of Denver. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, All right. obviously. Next up, and I know uh, this has a lot of uh, Jamal anger coming mm. to it. It mm. is <laughs> Buffalo versus Miami in Miami. Buffalo coming off of that technical upset loss over the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. And I say technical because I really think that uh, that game in the beginning was a very, very good game. I'm not going to lie. I did watch the majority of it before uh, the internet bounced. Uh, it is Buffalo minus three and a half. Uh, we're going to bump that to don't, four don't and under over 48. Don't be lying to the American people, man. <laughs> the first half was not a good game. The first half was all Buffalo. Pittsburgh looked bad on offense. In the first half. Well, I'm going to shoot. For the, if it went for the defense, it looked like last year. I'm going to shoot to Jamal because he is our uh, Buffalo Bills representative. I'm going to steal, uh, I'm gonna steal a, a line from the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. The, the, the cure for everything is the Miami Dolphins for the Buffalo Bills. We scrape the Miami Dolphins every time we play them. We combined 87 points last year on both of our meetings with them. The Dolphins, um, you know, they're just – we're too powerful. I, I'm not upset about the the Steelers game. I think a lot of that was just jitters. I think the home crowd um, kind of got into Josh Allen's head a little bit. The play calling wasn't particularly great, uh, but we are really good at bouncing back from losses. We usually play big. Um, it was a disappointing loss. Uh, the fact that we have all this firepower and uh, I think Josh Allen was trying and I think Brian Dable was trying too hard to get everybody involved instead of just letting the game kind of happen and letting Josh Allen dictate what, what's going on. Uh, but yeah, the Dolphins, they're just not there. They've always been a year or two away and I, I just don't think they're ready. I mean, they had a nice little surprise season. Obviously, Vegas agrees with me because the Dolphins are at home and we're getting the four point bump. So, uh, yeah, Bill's all the way and we're going to cover quick, quick question. Do you credit mm -hmm. Pittsburgh more, or do you put more the onus on Buffalo when it? Came I to put that more game? onus. I'm. I, I will put more onus on Buffalo for the simple fact that Josh Allen is a top three MVP candidate. The Bills are Super Bowl pick, according to Vegas, and the Steelers were not supposed to make the playoffs, according to Vegas. So you know what I mean. I it, is the Steelers defense a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Sure, but Buffalo. Uh, if you were to tell me that Buffalo only gave up 250 total yards and only put up 16 points, and and th to me that's an outlier. That's not who they are. So uh, I'll, I'll give that. I mean, and we've seen. Do you think? Do you think the Packers are the, 
are, are only as good as three points against the Saints? No, it's just it was a bad game. Same thing with Buffalo, and uh, we'll be we'll bounce back. We'll be okay. Alex. Well, as Jamal uh, explained, you know, Buffalo is good at bouncing back. And going back to last year, it was 87 points combined, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it seems to me that the Bills have the Dolphins number, okay? And the Bills are a good team, okay? So that being said, there's no question in my mind they're going to bounce back and they're going to take care of business. So give me Buffalo. And I will point out, that the Dolphins gave up 397 yards of offense to the Patriots last week. And so if if their defense is not that good because the Patriots' offense isn't that good. So And and Buffalo will take advantage of that. 100%. So, Yeah, I'm going to go Buffalo in the the over the six Mm. or uh, over the the four or whatever it is. Three and a half. I'm in an interesting position here. Just to let everybody know, okay, so this has been the main deal for three seasons going. We do not believe in a half point. Uh. Because there is no way in the NFL to score half a point. If you're going to handicap it by a half point, we upgrade it to the full point. So we don't we do not do decimal points on this show. Just like yeah, Vegas know. want their money. That's what they that's why. Yeah, they Vegas want their want money, money and I'm giving everybody the extra half point to play with. That's how I go. roll. Did Bear Man go yet? I yeah, went. Yeah, he picked it. He picked Buffalo? Yes. Yep. Next up, San, <laughs> San Fran versus Philly. Both teams win opening week, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, San Fran is the three-point favorite under over 49. Who wants to start with Philly and San Fran? Uh, I'll go. No team scored more points last week than San Fran, right? So, um, man, it, obviously they're off. I get that they played the Lions, but hey, don't sleep on the Lions. They came back. Uh, I was actually no, shocked. No, no, by, no, 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 no. I was no. actually shocked by San how Fran how well. let Jared Goff look like he was something. Oh, I, I mean, that's cool. That's cool, man. Um, they know I mean, Philly, well. They should have put their phone on the nigga and broke it. So, are you? So, how the how I broke this down, and I'm picking the Niners for this simple fact. I trust what I saw from the Niners beating that Detroit, who offensively is pretty pretty good. I don't know about their defense, but offensively, Detroit's pretty good. Philly beat up on the Falcons. That's like beating up on the high school JV squad. The Falcons should they should make the Falcons not an NFL team anymore. Uh, they should never be allowed to play NFL football ever again. They should actually go back and play college teams until they prove that they can they could play with the big boys in the NFL. So I don't give Philly any credit for beating the Falcons. So I actually have no idea how good they are or not. I know how good the 49ers are, and that's why I'm picking the 49ers. They put up 41 points too, so I mean. And um, yeah, that, that's it. Bear man, what do you got? You know, and Jamal is absolutely right. Yeah, the Eagles beat up. Where is Bear man? On a, a team that's basically, you know, like a jobber. It's like a, a big superstar being up beating up on a jobber. Okay. Because well, <laughs> I don't know where Bear Man is. Uh, Jalen Hurts torched the Falcons. Let us call it what it is. Matt Ryan was right on his ass almost every goddamn play. He became Jaylen a meme, Hurts by didn't the way. play San Francisco, so yeah. Jalen Hurts is going to get a challenge now. Wait, hey, gonna, he, he, he more than a meme when it comes to this week. Because he's facing yeah. Tom Brady, and you know what his main storyline on that one is. So Jalen Hurts is not facing so, a horrible hold on, hold on, you know what? So hold on, D. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, man. So Jalen Hurts is not facing a Falcons team when he's facing the 49ers. Okay. And 49ers are a good team. Still no bear, man. Okay? He's talking. So they're four. So they're four. San Francisco is going to win. And they're going to win convincingly. Yeah. I agree with you, Alex. They're going to win. The San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo is not letting Trey Lance take over that team. And, no, 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 and, no. And that team is too talented and i and i like jimmy g i like trey lance too but um you know we're not in that locker room I, i'm I'm assuming jimmy g convincingly won that it's not like the andy dalton justin fields thing i don't think mike shanahan's not incompetent like matt Nagy is so uh i, I oh. think he knows that jimmy g um and he jimmy g played excellent in that game so uh we'll you know we'll see jimmy g can only lose a job if he gets hurt right right for sure all right, Darnell, go ahead. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? What? Oh, no, don't do it. Hey, I did it last week. I was on that only Pete Pittsburgh, and you see how that turned out. Mm. Okay. Are All you right, picking Philly? I'm picking Philly. I'm oh, going with Justin Herb. I'm going with Justin, you know, Jalen Hurts. See, look Jaylen at you. Hurts. Look at you. You don't even feel, you don't even believe it. You don't even you believe what Justin you're saying. <laughs> Oh, I don't believe in 49ers either because you're going to let Detroit come back like that. What you going to do when the Eagles start coming back? I, I, I hate to say it, but you know what? That uh, Detroit scoring 33 points, and I'm sitting there saying, oh, they're only scoring like 10. Um, in a game that wasn't even close to the under-over, they scored 74 points. Like, come on, man. Like, mm. I, 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 I would probably understand if uh, – San Fran freaking sat there and said, "Hey, let's rest all our starters and put the uh, the second tier guys in." And then Detroit came back like that. But I mean, I I don't know. Like again, I'm gonna use those immortal uh, stone cold words on the show. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> I do not think that this is gonna be a three point game. First off, um, and I don't think they're gonna stay within the. Uh, the platform of the 49 points. Philly's going to score. San Fran's going to score. I got San Fran winning, um, but I, I think it may actually be a little bit close to that three points, maybe about five or six. Uh, but this is definitely going the over. Especially if Jalen Hurts actually comes out with the swagger he had last week. I mean, granted, yes, he did beat up a JV team or – Maybe mm -hmm. a CFL team or an XFL team in the Atlanta Falcons. But, uh, yeah, I think San Fran's going to be ahead on this one. All right, now we're going to get the uh, L.A. Rams outlook on this game. Not that we really need it. Um, we have the uh, Rams favored by four under over 48 versus the Indianapolis Colts. Rams. Enough said. It's the Colts. It's Carson Wentz. I mean, did, you, did anybody else watch the Monday night game? Anybody else see what Matthew, league MVP, man, oh, Super Bowl champions? You mean, you mean Sunday night. I got you. I got you. You mean Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. Whatever. Whatever night it was on. It was amazing. Rams. By a lot. All right, ahead, Darnell. Give us, give us no, the... Go, uh, no, go to Bear Man. Go to Bear, Bear Man. Bear Man, what do you got? Okay. You know, Jamal couldn't have said any better. I mean, you know, it's one of those games. Do you really have to think about it? Because when you think about it, what is there to think about? Okay, it's Carson Wentz, and the Rams are good. 
Okay, so therefore the Rams are going to win, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams defense make Carson Wentz a jabroni. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm a pro wrestling junkie. I'm going to put pro wrestling humor into this, so <laughs> better get used to it, guys. Matthew Stafford went 20 for 26 for 321 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, now, yes, it was the Bears. Yes, the one thing the Colts do well is stop the run. They have really good run defense. They were like number two in the league last year. Great. You know what the Rams don't do? They don't fucking run. They pass all over the place. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler or Higby. They got and Matthew Stafford has a has a bazooka for an arm. Trust me. That number two, the one thing that the Colts can do, they're not going to be able to do because the Rams are a throwing team. So yeah. That run game don't matter. Who 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 did the coach play in week one? Seattle. Seattle. Is Seattle defense better defense better than the Rams? Nope. Is they D line better than the Rams? Nope. Mm. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Russ and cut them, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Carson almost had a hundred yards rushing, right? Uh yeah. Mm. So, um, Sorry, you you're, just you're, you're, you're telling me you're telling you said the 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 odds is what three three and a half three and a half it's uh, ridiculous yes. three and Th- a half three and a half Rams at Indy not uh Indy and uh you telling me nobody's gonna confuse Seattle D's line for the Rams D line right nope not at all and we close. saw what the D line for Seattle did to Carson Wentz right mm-hmm. yes and the Colts supposed to have a great offensive line, right? Supposed to. Are they supposed to? Yeah. They're supposed to have a you better have running Aaron, game, too. Apparently. Hold on. Matter of fact, Aaron Donna had one sack, right? Only one. Only one sack. Is I dare you. Free? I, I so dare you. Now. He's pissed off now. He's going to go for more. I dare you to pick the Colts. That I mean, I don't know I don't know what your logic is here, but I dare you. I swear. See Jamal, see Jamal, Ricky, fill, fill Jamal in. You ain't gotta fill me in. Let me know. You tell me. No, no, no. He's he's obviously a Rams fan, so you know where he's gonna he's gonna lay his uh, his pillow. Oh, okay. Here's 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 my thing. Again, don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone because you know what? This is the this is the deal. Again, a lot of people are not realizing these facts. Carson Wentz has only played one game. Yeah. One game. He did not play any preseason. The only thing he's had is his shits and giggles at practice. Same thing with Matthew Stafford. I'm going to say that Jim Mora word. Practice. No, he said playoffs. I can take what you said and throw it out there because Matthew Stafford ain't even touched preseason either. Yes, but you know what the difference is? Devastating injury. Exactly my point. He is coming off of an injury that he only spent five weeks. Five weeks. Okay? Guaranteeingly enough, I'll tell you, his practice sessions this week were better than the practice sessions before week one. Shout out to uh, Critical. So, shout out to so Critical saying, Broncos. So you're fan. saying the Colts are going to show up, huh? Is that what you're saying? It doesn't matter. They can show up all they want. It don't matter. <laughs> uh, crit- critical Broncos fan says he wishes uh, Quentin, I think he means Quentin Nelson, is fully healthy for his matchup against Donald. That would have been nice. That would have been really nice. Uh, that, that oh, Lord, Quentin Nelson ain't healthy. You, you, 
Aaron Donald coming in. Aaron, you 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 do realize Aaron Donald's not happy. And the, no. the only reason you only got Aaron Donald one time. Listen, the only you you can't you can't blame the head coach for this this QB carousel that they've had. Okay, because right before the season starts last year, who's the one who took his ball and went the fuck home? And that put the that put the Colts automatically in a spot right off the bat. By the, the way, who is who is who is the who is the who is the quarterback for the Colts who took his ball and went home? Andrew Luck. Thank you. The greatest bust of all time, Andrew Luck. I, I wouldn't say he. I was, can't say uh, bust. I wouldn't he say he took him to the playoffs but... when he was there. Whoa, 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 whoa! He took him oh, to the playoffs. How many times? Damn near every year he was there. God damn it! <laughs> damn near every year he was there. What was their record in the playoffs? Okay, they ain't do good. In Alex, the playoffs. Alex, Alex, look up Andrew Luck's playoff record for me while I. T- it's not good because he he. Well, uh, the time no, 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 Darnell, don't be bad. don't be moonwalking out the door now. I ain't moonwalking. I say he took listen. them to the playoffs. I ain't I ain't say they won chance. I say he took them to the playoffs damn every year. Great. Who did Andrew Luck replace on that Colts team? I've got Who's your did- answer, by the way, sir. Good, good. Please give it to me. Four and four. Okay. How? What was the farthest he's reached, and how many times? Did he re- did he reach the AFC title game? And he how many? T- I think he did in 2014. Uh, that I was the same game where the uh, and he ran the, for the, the Patriots. Flategate scandal supposedly took gotcha. place. So yeah. so in six years he only made it to the AFC title game once. Great. Now that we have that baseline, who did Andrew Luck get drafted to replace? Peyton Manning. Okay, Andrew Luck for the kids at home. All of us are old enough to remember. Andrew Luck was touted as the greatest college prospect of all time the next big thing in the nfl they put him in the top five in his rookie year then he had all the trevor lawrence he was touted even higher than trevor lawrence when i say bust i don't mean he didn't come out and play good what i mean is did you get your return on investment if you have the highest amount of um, um, equity, right? If people are investing a lot into you and you don't get that return on investment, then by simple definition, your return has to be greater than than what they put in. They did not draft him to play six years and only reach the AFC title game once. They drafted him to be Peyton Manning, to be there for 10 plus years and to win Super Bowls. That's what they drafted him for. His that he is a bust they did not get their return on investment and he's and because he was the greatest to come out of college he has to be the greatest bust because he didn't even come close to living up to that potential living up to what he was advertised i I hate to say this and i'm going to date myself with all the gray hairs on my face but they also gave us that same line with ryan leaf when he got drafted by the chargers back then oh who went before peyton manning who went again who went before peyton manning and dude he threw like a girl I'm not even going to joke when I say this. But there's different ways. And again, we, you know, and it's it's a crazy thing about every analyst that comes out and says college things. Oh, this is the greatest quarterback to come out of college. And what have we seen? All except for maybe the exceptions of like Peyton Manning, you've seen fourth round guys go and done things. They've won Super Bowls. Obviously, TB12, sixth round, 199th pick, win Super Bowls. Not every first round pick is going to be one of the greatest, toutest guys coming out of college. And 
obviously there's been differences. Ryan Leaf is, was on like what four teams in his career, right? And but he, he was a traditional bust. Five yeah. games. But he was we, a traditional bust, right? The Jamarcus Russells, the Ryan Leafs, but none of them were touted nearly as much as Andrew Luck has. And I understand a lot of that is ageism, right? A lot of that is just time. Like the game just gets bigger, but that's not Ryan Lee's fault. And that's not Andrew Luck's fault. You know, the Colts, he was supposed to be who he was supposed to be in the ranks of Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And he wasn't at all. Not and even close. That's why, and that's why I throw the, the owner under the bus. Cause he ain't do his damn job. A hundred percent. Great. I never said it was completely his fault, but it is what it is at the same time. All right. Let's get moving on here. Mm -hmm. Um, We got up next Raiders and Steelers in Pittsburgh. No, just Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. And my eyes will definitely be on this game. And uh, I I will uh, tout this rock. I love defense. I want to see these two teams defensively kill each other. And I mean kill each other. I want to see stretchers. I want to see bandages. I want to see broken noses. I think this is going to be a really, yeah. really good game. Ricky, we're not we're not in your childhood, okay? Um, <laughs> we're, not in, we're not in your childhood, so you're not going to get all that. You sure you know this by now. All right, so you're then I'll try to watch that. some games from the 70s instead of the actual live game. Does that make you feel any better? No, I'm just letting you know. You want, you want stuff that happens in the 70s. It's not going to happen in 2021. Well, you never know. Yeah, football They're not going to run the ball then, okay? like that because Josh Jacobs is out. And Derek Carr, he's going to get his opportunity to throw the ball. We all know Pittsburgh likes throwing the ball. Well, they also, be better running, but let us also put a keynote on this that Marcus Mariota is now out as well. So Dave, uh, Derek Carr does not have a backup. So Derek Carr is sitting up with, with TJ Watt coming to get him. Yep, that's pretty much it. That's why another reason why I want to see some blood, guts, and gore. You don't like Derek Carr, do you? No, I don't like Derek Carr. He's, hmm. he's I like Derek Carr. Um, so Pittsburgh's favored by six, under over 47. I'm going to start with Bearman on this. You know, I, it, 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 it's tough, obviously. You know, Las Vegas is coming off a hell of a win in week one over the Ravens. And, I, and I've been saying all week, what better place for a crazy game than Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But look, now that that uh, excuse me, that Derek Carr does not have a backup, that's definitely something to be worried about. But I think Vegas overall is still in good shape, and they're go- playing against Pittsburgh. But I think at the end, Las Vegas could put up all the efforts. But I think Pittsburgh is going to survive, and I do mean survive. That means Pittsburgh is going to have to fight tooth and nail every second of this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I I honestly think I think the Raiders are going to cover. Um, I do think the Steelers are going to win. So for picking based on covering, I guess I would pick the Raiders. But I, I do think the Steelers are going to win. The Raiders gave up 400 yards to the Ravens last week, and Lamar Jackson can't throw a lick. So um, offensively, I think the Steelers are better than the Ravens. Uh, you know, outside of quarterback. Uh, so I think, you know, it, I think, I think it'll be close. And I do think, I do think the Steelers defense is better than, than, um, what people were, were giving them, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I like Derek Carr, but I, I think the Steelers defense is going to, is going to smother him and it's, they're going to, they're going to turn it into an ugly game. Darnell. Hill City. 
What more do you need from me? Pittsburgh. This is where I'm going different. This is mm. where I'm definitely going different. He's picking the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders. And oh. I'm, I, I'm, I'm telling you this. That front four of the Raiders defense, they have motors. When Lamar yeah. came out and said defenses are never going to figure me out, the Raiders figured him out. Mm-hmm. They found the kink in the armor, which is supposed to be a former Steelers lineman that they pretty much Mack trucked the entire oh, what, what, what do you mean figure out? Define figure out. Um, If it weren't for that front four of the Raiders defense that had Lamar Jackson, even in crunch time, fumbling the ball, what are they going to do to Ben Roethlisberger? That's not freaking him out. They are going to... Push that, the that's just them not them. giving up and making and waiting for the right moment they finally get Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson was making them look stupid for most of that game. He did, but again, he did. The pressure is what made figure out means you at quarterback and you can't do a damn thing. And what was what were the two key points that. from that Baltimore game on Monday night? Two, two out of all of the plays that Lamar made, Lamar made so many plays, but he made two mistakes. They didn't figure him out. Exactly. They made the correct play. Baltimore lost. But don't say figure out. They did not figure him out. Yes, they did because they had him running all over the place. And he was making a mistake when he was running. Team that wants Lamar to be more of a pocket guy than a scrambler. That was my big point. That was my big point. If you want to beat them, you put the ball in Lamar's hands. Let him scramble around the backfield and get five, six yards a run because we've seen in the playoffs repeatedly the last two or three years when the game is on Lamar's shoulders, he can't do it. And that's what they did. The Pistons, you know how they beat the Bulls? They let everybody else, they let, they locked everybody else up and let Michael Jordan do his thing. And that's exactly what teams are doing to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, you can dance and run around all you want to. We're not letting you get the ball to Hollywood Brown. We're not letting you run and get the ball to Mark Andrews. Enough of that, buddy. Okay? You run around and do your all your dancing, and we're going to win the games. I, I got a no, question. This is for Ricky and, That's one and thing Jamal. I do agree with. They did not I, let Mark Andrews get involved in that game. I got a question for both You can let Hollywood get involved because Hollywood, he, you don't know what he's doing. Can you, can you not hear um, Alex? No, actually, I cannot hear Alex. Maybe you got him muted by accident. I don't know. Yeah, just see well, if it's. Uh, let me. No, actually, he's not even on my screen. Oh, oh. Well, I'm here, go but yeah, go ahead. My out. question to you, Jamal and Ricky, is so a few weeks ago when when uh, Lamar said that you know defense, you know, with this whole thing with figuring it out, mm-hmm. you know, I said, look, you don't say things like that, even if it's whether it's true or not. You no, know, don't focus on that stuff because it's gonna bite you right in the butt. So yeah. my question is, rather than saying that, should Lamar Jackson should have he should have just knew his role and do and do what should he should it have been like that if that's a coaching thing if if teams are locking if lamar jackson can't get the ball to mark andrews to to hollywood brown that's on the offensive coordinator to come up with schemes now the ravens have done a really good job of hiding the things that lamar jackson can't do well and that's why they've been semi-successful right but in the playoffs, it's different, right? The teams are better. The coaching's better. Teams are realizing, hey, Lamar Jackson's going to be amazing. 
We just have to stop him from getting the ball to people. He can't beat us by himself. And I honestly don't know what you can do with that other than, you know, just be more creative with the play calling. But, but to to the uh, that critical Broncos fan who's amazingly contributing to the show, thank you again for that. I appreciate your uh, your viewing. If you haven't liked our page yet, hit that like and the follow, and uh, you'll get to see where we're on all the time. Here's my here's my thing. Yes, we're going to talk. We'll we'll talk about Baltimore in a little bit. But yes, Baltimore scored twenty seven points. That's that's all finding dandy. But that game became a shootout in the second in the second half. It did. Okay? It became a, a shootout in the second half and in, in overtime. Okay? And if teams weren't sitting there trying to say, oh, we figure, we, we're not figuring out this situation, the Raiders did it. Yeah. The Raiders came out at half, and they found that kink in the armor going into the second half. And Lamar? Could not adjust. He's not, to, to me, I don't think he's one of those guys that knows how to tremendously audible out of plays. No. And you also got to remember now, he's now on his fourth running back. So that run game is obviously not as effective as it was to begin with. Yes, they are figuring him out. And I can guarantee tell you, like Jamal said, the more you make him run, is the more that you're not going to be able to get it to your other key players. And you could score 31 points and still lose. Because you know what? They have a game coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that history hasn't been that great either. But that's later no. on in the show. Yeah. Yep, totally not. Thank you, gentlemen. Cincinnati and Chicago in Chicago. This should be a, this should be a three-and-a-half-hour bathroom visit. Nah, uh, don't say that. Hey, don't say that. Um, the only the only reason why I would say that there's anything really good is the J and J connection, and I mean mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Chicago is actually favored by two points, under over forty five. Who would like to take the? Uh... Hold on, hold on, Jamal. Yo. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can help me out with this. Because mm-hmm. Bear Man tried to figure it out. I ain't talked to Ricky about it, but how does Minnesota lose to uh, Cincinnati? A fumble. Fumble. Uh, I mean, the Vikings just Viking it up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> same thing that's always ailed them. They have the funny thing is, I think they have the pieces. It's just there's always. It's I don't know they just never could put it together. I think it's coaching. I don't think their coach is very good, but that's just me. Okay, okay. okay. You can go go ahead go ahead, go ahead with the game. Um, I'm picking the I'm picking the uh, the Bengals, man. I'm I'm totally invested in the Tiger King Joe Burrow. He's amazing. That boy, that's something special. He's something special. Jamar Chase, if he can give us another game like that, you got Joe Mixon coming in. I, I I'm I I'm actually shocked that uh the bears are favored the only reason i can think of the bears being favored in this game other than th- them being home which is where you traditionally get your three-point spread is that they have an inside tip that justin fields may be starting but until i hear that officially i actually have no idea why the bears are favored at, at all uh and i'm picking the i'm picking the Bengals for sure i'm picking them to win outright hey, can, can i ask an honest question good 
I don't think Andy Dalton played bad Sunday night. He had he he turned the he couldn't finish drives. He turned the ball over twice. Like uh, Andy Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback, but I have something that we call on on stuff about sports. We have this thing we call the Andy Dalton virus, and this is when a quarterback like Andy Dalton uh, is not really that good for your team. You can't win with this guy. But he'll give you that one game, one or a couple games a season. There's usually like three or four sprinkled out throughout the season where you sit there and you look at it and you'd say to yourself, that Andy Dalton, not, not that bad. And that what that does is you keep this guy because you're scared of losing him. The Ravens did that with Joe Flacco for years, right? The Bears just did it with Mitchell Trubisky. They found every excuse in the world until they no longer could have an excuse to keep this guy. The Bears are about to do make this mistake, and they need to stop it. They need to go ahead and just knock it off. Justin Fields is the future, and everybody knows it. Andy Dalton, I don't care what promises you made him. Yeah, Andy Dalton, we promise that you do Which is like I don't even I don't, I don't even know why. I, I, I from, from what they say, they didn't have a quarterback at the time, so yeah, they didn't, and they didn't. But, but I mean, still, who makes promises in the NFL? I don't care if you made the promise. Fuck you, Andy Dalton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we promised it to you. Now what? Like, we're starting Justin Fields now. Like, it doesn't but matter. This this is my thing the whole time. They didn't want to throw Justin Fields out there knowing week one. That's the Rams. Mm. We got Aaron Donald coming for you. Week three is Cleveland. You And they got a defense, too. So let's just wait a minute here. And then maybe when we get to Detroit week four, then, yeah, then we might go to Justin Fields, right? I, I believe for me, you don't want out the gate. You throw him against the Rams. I don't think you want to do that. I mean, Joe Burrow, two hundred sixty-one yards. He had two touchdowns. He had a hundred-yard uh, yard game from Jamar Chase in a touchdown. He had a hundred-yard game from Joe Mixon, and you probably should have won that game by more than what you did. You had a ten-point lead in the fourth quarter. I, I'm 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 on the Cincinnati bandwagon. So yeah, I'm I'm rolling with the Bengals. I think I got to flip a corn. It is Soldier Field. Right, right, fuck Soldier Field. I feel like this game, if I picked the Bears, I'd be a freaking idiot. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not going to pick the Bears. And it's not because no. I don't want people to call me an idiot. It's because it's obvious. The Joe Burrow did great. And, you know, the Bengals winning that game was good. Okay. So I think the Bengals are going to go 2-0. It's, it, it, you know, there's, you know it's, it's that simple. Cincinnati is going to win. Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the AFC North. Whoa, he said it. I said it. I don't he care. I don't Joe care. Bur- Lamar Jackson hey, in his in his fluke Ricky, MVP. Mark it down. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North. This is week two of yeah. the season. Hey, he was Jamal may actually be correct. And he was the best he was quarterback. Wrong. I didn't say he was wrong. I just said mark it down. We're gonna we gonna revisit this as the season gets. He was on he was on pace for a historic season last year. Went before he had his injury. He is the best quarterback in the AFC North. Book it. He said, "Book it." I love it. I love it. Okay. I don't care what quarterback quarterback carousel you're going to have in Chicago. Justin Fields is not ready. He is not ready. What makes you say that? His play in the preseason did not make me a believer. And that oh, was so against, it, and that was that wasn't even against starting guys. That was against secondary guys. I'll be talking guys, about when he got his head taken off by the Buffalo Bills. I, I'm telling you that he said that the game was too slow. And again, that's against second, third, and fourth tier guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay? Not even a joke. Even if you, let's say, you got Fields in for a few gadget plays, you'd be okay. But the problem is, is that the Bears are stuck now with Andy Dalton, who's making, what, $10 million a year? Mm-hmm. They have the back end of Nick Foles' freaking $88 million deal that he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay? So if you're not going to use Justin Fields and you're going to start Andy Dalton, then why the fuck do you even have Nick Foles on the team anymore? Oh, who was the healthiest scratch for Sunday night, by the way? Exactly the point. Veteran leadership. He's a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. You, you know, you got a young, you know. <laughs> do I need to repeat what I said on Tuesday, Ricky? He's sitting there taking a roster spot. Let's just put it that way. Nick Foles only works in Philly. Okay, but again, Cincinnati is right now a little bit more established. They're a mm-hmm. younger team. They're hungrier. Okay. I have not seen a viable running back in Chicago for two years. Hey, David Montgomery. What are you talking about? I don't even listen. They had great running backs and they let most of them go. Again, yeah, Chicago's sure. Chicago's in like purgatory right now. And I ain't mm-hmm. just talking about quarterbacks. I'm talking about you know, Chicago whole team, has a running back, okay? The they whole just, they team just don't have a quarterback. Purgatory. Because, again, like you said before, Jamal, Matt Nagy has no clue what he's doing. Matt Nagy is the perfect example of just because you make a good salesman doesn't mean you'll make a good sales manager. Just because you're a good co- – some people are just coordinators. Matt Nagy, you're one of them, buddy. Sorry. Um, now, I don't think Justin Fields isn't ready. I don't think the Bears' offensive line isn't ready. And that's probably why they're sticking with Andy Dalton because they know this. Their offensive line is one of the worst. And there's no need to throw Justin Fields out there if your offensive line uh, is that bad and he's going to be running for his life half the time as a rookie quarterback. Historically not great. Ricky, are you making the Bengals across the board? I'm on, I, I really I'm not sure we should be taking the whole team, but I think I got the Bengals for this one. Sweet. Okay. All right. While you guys talk about this, I need to kindly step away for just a moment. But we are currently moving on to um, a brain beating. This is going to be uh, very brutal. Do we Houston, have to talk about this? Do yes, we, do we, do. we really Just have to a, talk about this? You know what? Give a brief summation on this because we know this is going to be. Uh, I like to uh, Taylor. This is going to okay. be a, this is going to be a punch in the dick. I'm telling you. Brandon Cooks finally decided to show up for once. Yeah, they got Mark Ingram. Philip Lindsay there. Yeah, great, great. But the Cleveland Browns are pissed off. They know they pissed away another game against the Kansas City Chiefs, so give me Cleveland. Go ahead, Alex. Straightforward. Cleveland's pissed off. They could have won that game, and they and they blew it away. So, you know, I have to go with Cleveland. I have to. Okay, but I didn't get to read the line, and this is – this is probably one of the shocking lines that I'm ever going to read. Um, get ready for the barf bag. This <laughs> line is Cleveland laying 14 mm. to the mm. Houston Texans and an under over 48. Now, here's where I am going to have some fun with this one. Taking Cleveland, but Houston with the points. Yeah. Because as much as I want to kind of retread the uh, Houston-Jacksonville game. Yes, I believe Houston can put up points. Do I have a lot of faith in Cleveland's defense right now? Not so much. 
Not so much because I thought Cleveland's defense would have done a little bit of a better job against Kansas City last week. And uh, if Baker didn't sh- throw that freaking interception in the uh, that last faithful drive, it might have looked a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I would take the points definitely. 14 to start off the bat being down, that's just horrible. Before I comment on Broncos, man, I'm going to let Jamal go ahead and get his pick in there. I'm with Ricky. And I'm actually I'm actually almost tempted to take the Texans outright, but because I believe that the Browns of all teams play up to their competition probably better than anybody else. But on the flip side, they play down to their competition, which is very dangerous. Uh there's a uh Odell Beckham's not playing, right? I think they no, already no. Him out. He, he was already out as of Thursday. Okay. Oh, they probably won't be back to like week five. By the way, Jamal, if you want me, if you want to trade for him in my fantasy league, you're more than welcome. Okay, I got you. Well, we'll we'll set out how my people talk to your people. (laughs) Um, the Texans were three and a half point underdogs, and they put 450 yards of offense, and nobody saw that coming. So I'm not just gonna write off the Houston Texans just like that. Um, I do Actually, think the Browns... I did, but my dumb ass still picked Jacksonville. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, mean, hey, I picked Jacksonville too, so hey. I was thinking, um, I was literally thinking because I went on the show. Like, I'm like, these boys picking Jacksonville. I'm like, do y'all know who at quarterback Tyrod Taylor? That's not a bad dude. He's he's like Tilly Bridgewater. I picked you. He's a good quarterback. I picked Houston, but well, you picked man... with you. Oh, last week. Last <laughs> week I funny. picked the Texans. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll, I will go with the Browns. I, I do think this is their year um, to to put it all together to be a competent team. Uh, but we t- we spoke earlier about uh, Teddy Bridgewater finding the finally getting his chance. This is Tyrod Taylor's chance. He hasn't had a, a real shot. He he ended up my Buffalo Bills playoff drought. Then we drafted Josh Allen. Goes to the Browns. They draft Baker Mayfield, and he gets a concussion. Then he goes to the Chargers, and they put a hole in his lung. And then they drafted Justin Herbert. So he, I, he hasn't had a fair shot to actually run the team f- for him. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've always been a Tyrod Taylor fan, um, you know, so shout out to him. And, and I, hope, I hope the Texans – I actually hope the Texans win because I think it would be a tremendous story after all the bullshit they've gone through with Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun, um, Deshaun Rapist out there. And hopefully uh, – you know that they can. It'll just be. It'll be a cool story for the Texans to actually be good. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Browns, but I think Texans will cover. All right, this is where I'm going to step out. Um, you know actually, what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go back and listen to last week's episode because I don't think you picked Houston. I think you said Jackson. I had Houston on the uh, the ESPN one. So he had Houston, but he come on the show and say Jackson. You see that? Why would I pick freaking Mr. Trevor Lawrence? Because I don't like him personally myself. But that's besides the point. But you said Jacksonville on the show. That's what I'm saying. All right. Uh, this is where I'm going to depart for a few minutes. Uh, and this is obviously going to be a good uh, good game to talk about. We got you might as well make your pick then. Uh, we got the New Orleans Saints going to Carolina versus the Panthers. We got the line of New Orleans minus three uh, under over 45. Uh, and Bearman, give me the uh, percentage for the uh, the pick. Percentage for the pick of Saints and the Panthers. Well, it's both uh, for it's a 51% win and then it's 56 for cover. 
And that was the that was the split, or was that the Saints? No, that, that that's uh, that, that's for Carolina. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna three. I'm actually gonna ride I'm gonna ride the wave on this one. I believe that Jameis has finally found something, and I I I, I don't want to say that Green Bay made a lot of mistakes last week because they obviously did, and they played like a big dumpster fire. But I think that Jameis now has found a system that he actually is going to fit in. Um, can we say the head coaching is a little bit better than it was when he was in Tampa? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the offense is more West Coast, which is where I think Jameis kind of fits. So uh, I'm going to roll with the Saints. Given the points and the under over of 45, I'm going to go over. Um. I really wanted to pick the Panthers here, but when I made my little list, the only thing I can come back to is that the New Orleans Saints defense completely shut down the reigning MVP. And I'm going with the Saints, but I'm also going with the over because I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Sam Darnold is going to fare a little bit better um, because Carolina's offense is actually really good. And the difference between Carolina's offense and Green Bay's offense, other than obviously Aaron Rodgers, is the fact that they have Christian McCaffrey. And that's going to help Sam Darnold. So I'm going to go the over, but I'm going to pick the Saints because I think their defense is just – their defense looked amazing. Uh, oh. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see – do a deeper dive on the numbers there, but and I, I'd like a little bit bigger sample size because I also think that was more that the Green Bay Packers had an off game. But – the Saints defense looked like amazing. So uh I will go with the over. I think I think they're I think each team's gonna have over 30 points. Dead serious. All right. Same question that I posed to you when it came to the Bills and Steelers. Are we crediting New Orleans more or are we looking at Aaron Rodgers like all that offseason stuff that you put Green Bay through and yourself through? This is what happens. Uh Green Bay for sure. I mean, think about it. Get somebody look up the last time, and this is like a rhetorical question because it doesn't happen. Jameis Winston only had 20 attempts. He only threw for 148 yards, but the boy had five touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like that is not a sustainable, like that just doesn't happen. That has to be, that has to be a product of like the perfect storm. You know what I'm saying? So there's no way that like I would like when the and this is why I was actually gonna think about picking the Panthers. The Panthers are going to make Jameis Winston throw the ball more than 20 times. That's when we're going to see, because that level of efficiency is not, one, Jameis Winston's bag, two, not a sustainable long-term recipe for success. And I think I think people are giving – they're giving Winston his flowers, which he deserves because he played well and their team won and, the, and who they beat and how they beat them. But let's let's give it a minute and see, because Jameis doesn't – you know. That's one game versus five, six years of Jameis's career where we've seen the complete opposite. Go ahead, Bear Man. It's definitely going to be a good game, but I think the Saints are going to are, are going to when it's all said and done, the Saints are going to emerge victorious. Yeah, I'm trying to look. I'm looking up some deep dive numbers. I mean, the Saints. They had 171 rushing yards. They averaged four yards per carry. Panthers' defense is good. It's a good defense. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to. I'm so trying to. Quarterback. See. Quarterback. Are we taking Winston? Or are we taking Sam Darnold? 
Yeah. Damn it. Uh I I I I think it would be easy to to give it to Winston, but I was actually more impressed with Sam Darnold last week. He ran for one, he almost had 300 yards, he threw one. I just when I watched him in the offense, it just looked more complete. Like Winston just took advantage of some great field position where he didn't have to like lead the 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 Saints up and down the field all game like Sam Darnold had to. The defense gave Winston great field position, which is why he was able to get five touchdowns off of 20 attempts, only 20 attempts, and only have 148 yards. Like, again, I I would like to see what happens when he has to throw, you know, 35-plus times like a regular quarterback does. Okay. This one is more of a toss-up. Camaro or C-Mac? C-Mac. It's not a toss-up. You you like C-Mac that much? Yeah, for sure. I love Chris McCaffrey. He's the best running back in football. Easily by a lot. That's right. Okay. Coaching, we know it's going to be Sean Payton. <laughs> and that's why I'm leaving my head on. I like Sean Payton to do what he does more than Matt Rule can do with the Panthers. So I'm taking the Saints because of Sean Payton. All right. Let's get to uh, Minnesota versus Arizona. Cardinals coming off of that impressive win over the Titans last week. And uh, Minnesota fell short, obviously, to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in overtime. This is going to be a doozy. I'm I'm not even going to joke. I think this is going to be, again, one of those games that you can kind of put the, uh, the highlight game, game of the week on it. It's Arizona favored by four and under over a 51. Bearman, I'll let you go first. Oh, give me the Cardinals. You know, and I, and I hate to say that because one of my best friends is a Vikings fan, but look, you know what? It's the it's going to be the Cardinals. All right, who would, who would like to follow that one up? I mean, <clears throat> the problem with the the problem with the uh, not the Bengals, um, the Vikings, who the who the Bengals played what week one? Yes, is that they couldn't get Dalvin Cook going. That's how the Vikings win games. They have to establish the run so Kirk Cousins can cook. The problem is the Cardinals have a really good run defense, and they shut down Derrick Henry. And if you're shutting down Derrick Henry, you probably are shutting down Dalvin Cook, which is probably why the Cardinals are going to win big. Darnell? He's, he's, his wheels are spinning over there. <laughs> Who's the quarterback for Minnesota? Kirk Cousins, man. Mr. Mr. I can't win in prime time. He's he's actually uh, winless in prime time. I thought he won one. No, no, maybe he's no, winless. no. He I think he's like zero twelve in prime time. Oh no, not good. Kirk Cousins is a problem. I know Alan Thielen is his favorite target. I get it, right? But man, how many times did he throw behind Justin Jefferson against the Bengals? Too many. Like, dude, you have one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. If you put the ball on him, he's going to score, if not make a big play. By the way, the, crit- uh, the critical Broncos fan says that uh, Kirk Cousins won a Monday Night Football game last year. I about to say, I, I could have swore he won a uh, primetime game recently. Ooh, um, and I disagree sense. with you. Uh, Kirk Cousins ranked seventh last year in deep passes. He ranked eighth last year in Q- total QBR. 
Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I'm telling you, the problem in Minnesota is coaching. You get Kirk Cousins is 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 in the Alex Smith range where I don't think he can go out there and well, I think Alex Smith is better. I do think Alex Smith can go out there and win you games because he's done it. But that team is good enough for Kirk Cousins to lead, but for some reason that the coaching, man, so like it's just something about it is off. And I'm uh, not putting that on the coach. I watched, I literally watched the Cincinnati game. If he puts the ball on Justin Jefferson, they win the game. I understand that, but I'm not, I'm not, you're taking one play and we can go by all the games and, and, and pick out a play that a quarterback, even on the winning teams did that cost them points or cost them great field position or whatever. I'm not putting one play on Kirk Cousins. Don't get me wrong. He he won't turn the ball over. He won't turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins, by all accounts, is a top 10 quarterback statistically. Like, you know, people want to blame him for these losses and that's just the nature of he's the quarterback. But he is not the problem in Minnesota. As much as people want to give it to him, um, he's not. He's simply not. That's it's it's just not true. You know what's gonna happen? He's gonna get sacked by Chandler he, Jones. Listen, over he was and over and over again. Let me tell you, he was seventh in deep pass percentage. He's eighth in total QBR. He's he was ninth last year in um in completion percentage. Uh he's eighth in total yards. And where is he in total touchdowns? Now, here's he's six in total touchdowns, passing touchdowns. It's not Kirk Cousins, guys. Stop. I, I like I, I read all these things. and I look online and everybody's blaming Kirk Cousins. Guess what? It's not Kirk Cousins. I'm going to interject here a little bit. They always say that Cardinal line defense wins games. And if you look at Minnesota's defensive numbers over the last few years, the number has been in decline. Mm. Their secondary is horrible. Horrible. Their front seven has not ranked anything higher than 15 in the last three seasons. So defensively numbers right now do not look good for the Minnesota Vikings. The only way Minnesota stays alive in this game is if they have a dramatic shootout with Mr. Kyler Murray and the rest of that lovely, talented uh, wide receiving core for the Arizona Cardinals. Did you just say the only way to stay alive is a shootout? Correct. They ain't knowing the hell. They're going to have a shootout with Arizona. Again, the the proof is in the pudding. If Kirk Cousins' numbers are that good, then you can't, again, you can't knock him, but can you knock the players around him? Yes. Yeah, the the defense is good, yeah. Minnesota's offensive line is probably maybe, and I'm just going to shoot from the hip on this, probably anywhere ranked from 15 to 20 in the NFL. And again, if you're not getting Dalvin Cook running, what are you doing? You're passing the ball. That means you're going to have to stay tote with, again, Kyler Murray running around like a freaking crazed chicken, him throwing the ball to fucking DeAndre Hopkins and um, Kirk, Christian Christian Kirk and all of them. That's the only way Minnesota staying in this game, and we haven't seen AJ Green yet. But and their defense, AJ Green's washed. The uh, the defense of Minnesota is what's stopping them from winning. You just said it, Ricky. Kirk Cousins threw the ball forty nine times against the, the Bengals. He had a seventy three percent completion percentage. He had three hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns. I, I don't understand why you're blaming Kirk Cousins. I don't know what game. Oh my lord! It should have been Oh my god, this guy. Okay, 
So did everybody make their picks on this? Yeah. It's Cardinals across the board, man. Minnesota yeah. ain't got no chance in this. Okay, this is going to be a quick pick because we I really don't even want to get into this. Atlanta at Tampa. Go. Tampa. Tampa. You should already know. Um, yeah, move, moving on. Tom Brady. All right, all the, all the, yeah. the only thing, the only twist that I'll give it to you for this uh, this game is the line. It is Tampa thirteen, uh, obviously favored by thirteen, and the over. under the under over is uh, fifty two. Oh, under on the totals, but um, over on the spread. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I, I think I'm, they're going to get to yeah. I, I'm I'm actually taking Atlanta, taking the point, getting the points. <gasps> What? 13 points. They scored six against the Eagles. Yes, but again, I'm not trusting the line. I know what he's doing. It's, and, it's, it's, a, it's a divisional game. This is what this is. You know it's what a it is? divisional game. It's not even a divisional game because what ended up happening Thursday night last week? Everybody said Dallas was getting smoked like a big Cuban cigar, and it didn't happen. And you know Tampa, Tampa Bay has heard that for the last 10 days, right? Tampa, so you know what's going to happen. I don't give a rat's ass if you fucking prepared for a month. And you giving Matt Ryan the points. Really? Matt Ryan. Again. All a very good Matt Ryan. I don't trust the game because if Tampa was at 100%, they would have truly smoked the Dallas Cowboys. And everybody said that game was going to be a romp. The and Cowboys what ended up happening... Things. What ended up happening in the last drive of that game? Tampa goes down the field for a game-winning field goal. You take it. So you telling me Atlanta's offense is up there with Dallas offense? No, but you're guaranteeing me telling you right now that 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 daunted Tampa defense that everybody went and choked the chicken on didn't do it with Dallas. Are we trusting them against the Falcons? Because you it's know what? The Falcons. The Falcons in double-digit spreads over the last three years since their. 28 to 3 loss against two. Against Against what quarterback? Against what quarterback? Against Tom Brady. Oh. Okay, but here was the game. Here was the difference, though. Okay. Tampa always comes up for big divisional games. They've done it in the past. If you go back to look at all of the spreads that Tampa. Listen to me. Listen to me. Tampa comes up big for divisional games. No, I said Atlanta comes up for these big divisional games. And here's why I checked these numbers. Every time Tampa has had a double-digit game where they are favored by double digits, the game ends up becoming closer than what everybody ever thinks. How many of them games Tom Brady was quarterback? It wasn't against Atlanta that I'm talking about the double-digit things. They I'm were saying, favor- many, they were given points. Times they were listen, Tom Brady was the quarterback. Listen, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were that. How many games were the Saints favored by double digits against the Atlanta Falcons, and the game ended in under six points difference? I say when Tom and Brady I'm was the quarterback. About, I'm talking about Drew Brees. I'm talking about every big game quarterback that they've ever gone, gone against and had double digit I points. I love Drew Brees, but Drew Brees is not Tom Brady. Okay, but again. Breeze had better better weapons than Tom Brady has ever had until he got to Tampa. And yet Don't this man has seven championships. Again, there's the difference. I'm telling you that this game, the game is going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks, and that's why I'm taking the 13 points. Again, don't trust anybody. <laughs> you can't even trust your own damn team. Well, I only lost by one point last week, so I'm not going to You still lost. <laughs> 
actually, actually, Broncos fan, I was the one out of our group that gave the Dallas Cowboys a chance. Even our own Dallas correspondent didn't give them a chance. Mm. So know that. Mm. That's I was thinking Tampa anyway. I don't care what was going to happen. It's Tampa. Okay, next up, because we got like four more games to go. Tennessee versus Seattle. Seattle obviously trouncing Indy last week. Tennessee uh, took one in the balloon knot against the Arizona Cardinals. We got, uh, let's see here, what number? Alex, what did we have for the uh, spread? So for six Tennessee and, and Seattle, yeah, there you go. But, you know, technically, well, yeah, we're, we're, we bump, half, we bump you know, it to seven. seven. Oh, seven, seven, yeah, my seven. bad, my bad. Yeah. Uh, 54 points, though, total. I mean, that's. This is that. This is that. Don't trust anybody game that you. This is the don't trust anybody game for you, Ricky. Um, actually, I'm gonna just gonna give you my pick right away. Okay, I have more faith in Russell Wilson than I do in Ryan Tannehill. Everybody does. I have more faith in the wide receiving core of the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. That Tennessee defense last week went to show that they are not the defense that they have been in the past. Okay? Um, and stealing a little bit of Mr. Uh, Fleming's uh, heat there, that secondary got legitimately dismantled. As much as I don't want to even put anything on Malcolm Butler being of significance of a loss, that secondary has issues. I will fully put my faith in the Seattle Seahawks on this one. At home with the twelfth man, Jamal. Yep. Question for you. Yep. We know what the twelfth man is like in Seattle, right? Uh-huh. But to beat the twelfth man in Seattle, what you what do you need to have? You need to have a run game. Does Tennessee have a run game? They do. But, but, Seattle's run defense is really good. And they held Jonathan Taylor to only like 50 yards, 60 yards, somewhere in that range. Pretty good sign. Um, I think the Seahawks finally figured out that to win games with Russell Wilson, the key is not to have him throw more, it's to have him throw less. They were, they were extremely efficient last week. I am actually scared for the Titans. I think they came in with all the hype, and they're trying to figure out how to use Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry all at the same time. And I think Seattle is out to prove something this year. And I I think I forgot what game we were talking about earlier, but everything lines up for Tennessee to win this game, except the one thing they need to go their way, Seattle's really good at, and that's run defense. And if Tennessee can't get their run game going, Ryan Tannenhill is just average. That's just me. I'm picking the Seahawks. Bearman, you're up. You know, everything Jamal said is spot on. Okay, so that that's why, you know, and really based on how Tennessee was last week, if the running game is not going anywhere, and, and like you said, Ryan Tannehill is average, and I don't think the running game is going to be effective for Tennessee this week, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I mean, it's more than, of course, people will just say, well, it's Russell Wilson. I'm like, well, it's more than that. Got to be more specific, and, that, and that's it, like Jamal said, so give me the Seahawks. I mean, and and before you go, just like Tennessee's defense couldn't do nothing with Kyler Murray. 
how the hell are they going to, you know, and that's Russell Wilson light. Exactly. So what the hell are you going to do with the genuine article? <laughs> like they, they just went against discount Walmart bin Russell Wilson. And now they're going to get target Wegmans Sam's club, Russell Wilson, uh, the real one. And it's like, you know, what are you, what are you supposed to do with that? And I do want to, you said Seattle held Jonathan Taylor down, but Jonathan Taylor's not keen hearing. King Henry was held down to 58 yards. He, he was, he was, he was. And Ryan Tannehill turned the ball over like three or four times. Listen, but how Luke's, long, but how long can you contain King Henry before he actually busts one? Because we know how this world was. Who did the, t- who the Titans play last week? They played the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Who's better? The Cardinals or the Saints or the the Seahawks? I like the Cardinals even better than the Seahawks defense. Oh no, man! What team, is team, team wise, I'll take Seattle because what's the worst? What's the worst? What's the By the way, go. here is a lovely little keynote. If the Seahawks do win, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson will be the the youngest, uh, the the first quarterback to reach a hundred wins within ten seasons. That's amazing. That will be a very very trademark uh, number for him. And yeah. just remember, he also is a Super Bowl winner, so that kind of uh, fits. And he's married to Sierra, so shout out to him. Uh, Broncos fan says, if the Hawks got a bunch of pressure on the Colts, I expect the pressure to go higher with Tennessee. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. Good assessment. Okay, the every, the team that everybody did take a dump on last week versus uh, probably one of the best, youngest quarterback prospects in the NFL. We have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to L.A., Against the L.A. Chargers, in my heart, they will always be the uh, San Diego Chargers. And I'm just going to make that point. Before uh, we get started, I'm giving this to Bearman because Bearman, this week's news about the Cowboys has not been good. No, it's not. <laughs> and now with Demarcus Lawrence with a broken foot out at least six to eight weeks, the Cowboys have no defensive line. Regular no, out too. And when you have no defensive line, forget about it. I mean, you know what? Come right to it. The Chargers are winning it. Oh, that hurts. I'm not even a Cowboys fan, and I feel it. Uh, that hurts, man. That hurts. I feel bad. I'm so I mean, sorry. It does hurt me, but you know, look, I got it. I, you know, it's just how it is. I mean, everybody says, "Well, I, I just like burying my team." No, I don't like. I don't like burying them. I do because it, it has to be done. Okay, because that, that's how bad they are. But with without a defensive line, I mean, you know, and now they're saying that. It's up to Micah Parsons to kind of keep the pass rush alive. A rookie? I mean, come on. I mean, um, I believe I believe in Parsons, and, and I have faith in whoever's taking over for Lawrence, which I believe is uh, Terrell Basham, the former New York Jet. But overall, under the circumstances, when especially the Cow, if the Cowboys it, now, if the, now if the Cowboys run the ball and keep the defense off the field, that's a different story. But I don't think that's going to happen. Hey, Broncos fan, you being emotional right now? No, no. There's somebody else. Uh... Screw no, I saw I saw Broncos fan's last comment. He's being emotional right now. Listen, um, the Cowboys, the, the the saving grace is that Dak returning from that injury. The main thing you wanted to see out of the Cowboys is making sure that Dak Prescott didn't look skittish. Uh, he didn't play scared. He actually looked pretty damn good. The other problem is the problem is you guys are paying for the most expensive left tackle in the game and that left tackle's name is Ezekiel Elliott. He only mustered up like 33 yards. Um they gave up like 430 yards to the Buccaneers and the Chargers offense just as potent as Tampa Bay's. Justin Herbert is the truth in every sense of the word by any metric you want to use. 
That boy is a bad man. He's like Aaron Rodgers light. He's, I mean, that uh, Justin Herbert, like I, like I said, I'm a big Tyrod Taylor fan. I would have chosen Justin Herbert over Tyrod Taylor. The, the proof was in the pudding. That's what the, the Bears need to take a lesson from the Chargers. Fuck that veteran. You got the young goods right there. And Justin Herbert is the truth. And the Chargers are a really good football team. And um, I, I'm picking I'm picking the Chargers just for that. I think I think the injuries are too much. I mean, the damn assistant coach for the Cowboys can't even stay healthy. Uh, I, th- I think that's just that just spells trouble. I think the Chargers are actually going to I think the Chargers are going to eat the Cowboys up, to be honest with you. I mean, Randy Gregory's now on the uh, worldwide bastard protocol list. So, yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's depleted, for God's sake. Yeah. Dak threw the ball 58 times last week. He's not going to be able to sustain that, especially not against a really good Chargers defense either. So, yep. Let's, let, let me let me get let me get on Broncos fan here. You do realize the Chargers play Washington, who has a good defense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Washington, you not gonna you not gonna go ballistic on Washington's defense. Let's get that out the way. Yeah, I got you. No, I'm talking I'm talking to Broncos fan here because I'm reading his oh. comment. Oh, oh, oh okay. The Chargers, unbiased, wasn't that impressive as an offense. I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not going by one game. I'm going by since Justin Herbert's taken over. They've been, they've been nice. The Chargers have been na- nasty. They lost a bunch of like two, three point games last year. Games that should have went their way. It was if Anthony Lynn was a, such a doof, uh, they probably would have made it a lot farther than they did. Bear man, your Cowboys going to put up a fight. Okay, they're going to put up a fight. But when it comes down to okay. it. I am taking Justin Herbert, okay? Because that about, man is the truth. It's not about putting up a fight. At the end of the day, it's about winning. The Cowboys do not win. Yeah. I, I'm I, taking the Chargers. I, I hate to say it. I might actually roll the dice on this one. And uh, I don't even know why we have somebody commenting in a foreign language. But uh, see you. Uh, you get. Are the, you picking uh, the Cowboys? Well, actually, let me take care of the uh, the foreign language person first. Thank you. I just did that. Um, and I apologize to any of the other comments that were put in our chat because that's just not uh, cool. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Cowboys. I believe I, Cowboys. I, I, I'm going with the Gal- Cowboys because you know what? I, I have a feeling that even though they are down a receiver on offense, I have uh, I have a little bit more faith in Dak throwing the ball than I do Justin Herbert. I understand that uh, Allen's a great receiver. He's been their leading receiver. But Mike Williams has not been visible as of late. I think the the, the loss of Hunter Henry still is a big key to their, their offense for the uh, Chargers. And, I couldn't uh, tell it against Washington because the Jared Cook, like, he fit it right in. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, but again, I I, I don't want to th- – I, I don't think you can throw Dallas under the bus just yet. Just that's going to say they, you think Zeke Elliott gonna be Zeke Elliott, and that's why you believe the Cowboys uh, gonna win. Again, I think Dak throwing the ball, he's got a lot more to prove. He just got a payday. Remember that. Dak's got right. a lot to prove. He does. You know and he, he does. But... And he again, they fell short by one play, one crucial play in that Thursday night game. If they but didn't... Jamal said it earlier, when the Cowboys went thirteen and three, they were balanced. Mm-hmm. Zeke got fed. But again, if the I'm, Cowboys going to win, that means they fed Zeke the ball. I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go. With, I'm going with the boys. I'm gonna I'll be dead serious. But uh, point wise, 
Yeah, I think this might actually be a little bit of a a little bit of a scoring game. Yeah, and and I, and, and I I'm picking the, gonna get blown out. I'm I, I picked the Chargers, and it was more so because it's not really an indictment on Dak. It's an indictment on Mike McCarthy, who I think is awful, and I think it's an indictment on the rest of the team, uh, because of injuries. And I just don't think, like again, you you pay you pay your skill players before you pay your quarterback, and now you can't build a line. Their defense is going to be suspect. You have a potent Chargers offense. I know you're talking about Mike Williams, but that's not the guy you need to be worried about. That guy's name is Keenan Allen. And as long as Keenan Allen's there, it's all good. And uh, and Justin Herbert's going to get everybody the ball. So it's really more of an indictment on the rest of the team than it is for me uh, about about Dak Prescott. I'm just saying, if Zeke gets the ball a lot, Cowboys might win this game. Well, they got to give him the ball. ball. As I don't much, think he's getting the ball that much. As much as hate we as uh, the the critical Broncos fan has had, he does make up a point that the Chargers will find a way to lose, and he's seen it's obvious for the last few years. So, mm-hmm. um, that's where kind of where we're gonna go. You got two teams that does the same thing, so guess what? Something's gonna give. All right, so we got to shoot quick on the final two because we are hitting the uh, the time crunch. Uh, we have Kansas City traveling to Baltimore, Maryland against the Ravens. And uh, this one here is a seven-point uh, favorite for the Chiefs, I believe it is. Uh, Actually, uh, by four. 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 Under over 55. This scares me because Kansas City came out flat against the Browns, who I think have a better offense than the Ravens. But they also came back and turned it up and – um, this, I mean, they, when they opened up, there was only like two and a half and three by our standards, and it's already gone up to four. So I'm, I'm picking the chiefs. Um, damn, man. Uh, historically, the chiefs just had their number. I don't know. I, I, I think that I, I just don't see, I don't, I don't see a scenario where the Ravens, I like, I don't know what the game plan would be. Let me help you out, Jamal. Patrick so, Mahomes is three and no against Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, I just don't – I'm trying to picture a game plan unless the Chiefs just have an epic collapse, um, which, I, you know, I guess it could happen. But I, I can't see a game plan where the Ravens have enough to beat the Chiefs. So uh, I will pick Kansas City. All right, I got you, Bear, man. Look. It's going to be a repeat of last week. <laughs> you know, Cleveland jumped out, you know. Candidate business. Oh, the – Chiefs might lose the first game of the season. And once that train starts rolling, you can't stop it. Once it keeps going, it's over with. Mm-hmm. So, Kansas City. I'm just going to go with a astronomical number. Uh, I don't believe this game is going to cover either way. And the historical number that we go to use is Patrick Mahomes is undefeated in September. That too, I forgot about that. Plain and simple, oh, sure. he is undefeated in his NFL career yeah, in September. He is ten and zero. My here's the only downfall that I have, and this actually may play into the Ravens' favor. Is historically Kansas City can't stop the run for shit. Mm-hmm. They 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 are like Swiss cheese. Where's the Ravens stop doing against Las Vegas? Because it ended up becoming that they uh, needed supposedly the man they can't figure out, Lamar Jackson to carry and tote the load. Um, 
I, I'm going to you rag on, let that go. You no, I'm not go. going to let that go. I am going to rag on him the entire season. He's my new favorite target. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, because Brady won a Super Bowl. Again, won a Super Bowl. again uh, this is the deal with uh, with the with the uh, Baltimore secondary. Obviously, if the Raiders started to pick them apart, and then they they tried to uh, key in on two and left a guy again potentially wide open, you always got to. Bet on the pan. You got to bet on the cheetah. You got to bet on Travis Kelsey. Kansas City doesn't really have a third option at this point. I don't think uh, Hardman's really taken up that load as of yet. So I am going Kansas City, but the pick is going to be the problem because they are going to both put up points at uh, at some stature. Um, as much as I would probably love to say Baltimore covers, um. Yeah, I'm going to go KC with the uh, minus four. Bear man. Kansas City, you know, with, with all the disadvantages going on right now with the Ravens, the, the injuries and everything, and uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Kansas City. All right. You know, and, you know, and of course, you know, we can't ignore the fact Patrick Mahomes is undefeated in the month of September. It actually, Some people say that means nothing. It doesn't mean anything, but no, it does mean something. I already know what the last game is, so you go ahead and put it up on the screen, Ricky. I'm just going to ask Jamal this question. Mm-hmm. How bad does Aaron Rodgers torture the Lions on Monday Night Football? Real bad. Okay. Real bad. Bad. No, no, no. It's how bad Aaron Rodgers going to torture the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. So the whole work is see Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what the number is exactly, but Aaron Rodgers' bounce back games, that ratio is really high. He dominates. When he has a bad game or the Packers take a bad loss, he usually comes out and takes it out on the next team. The moment people start doubting um, Aaron Rodgers, he comes out and he's going to put up like 50 points on the Lions. And I feel really bad because I'm a big fan of Dan Campbell and everything Detroit. Um, I, I, I feel really bad for the Lions for having to actually play this game because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to put up 50 points. All right, well, the under-over is 48, and the line is the uh, Packers favored by 12. Uh, I'm going over, and it's only because the Packers are going to go nuts. And I think the Lions are going to put up points. I think I think it's going to be like a 30-20 game, somewhere in that range. Bearman, you're the, you're, uh, you're the last one up here for your, uh, the line. Well, Aaron Rodgers is mad, and there's a lot of talk if Aaron Rodgers – if Aaron Rodgers is so mad that he doesn't care, I mean, I can't go into that because I don't know. But I can tell you this. The Packers are not going to let themselves lose to, to the freaking Detroit Lions. So so just give me the Packers. 34-23. I might, I might watch Peyton Manning. Eli Manning break this game down. That was fantastic. That uh, I watched that Monday night thing. Um, oh. the Detroit, Detroit gave up 30-plus points for the 11th time in the last 17 games. They're going to give up 30-something points to Aaron Rodgers by himself. Aaron Rodgers, this was his second multi-interception game in four years. So, I mean, <laughs> he's going to come out. He's going to go crazy. He's going to go crazy. This is my feeling on it. Lions are going to score points. Green yeah. Bay Packers defense has not proven to me anything this year so far. Another one of those games, DTA. I'm taking Green Bay to win the game. But I'm taking the Lions with the points. Mm. Because this one here has a little bit more of another revenge story going to it. 
Jamal Williams was a freaking Packer last year. Mm. He led their team in rushing. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay said, uh-uh, no, sorry, hit the bricks. Is that what you're going with? You're going revenge game? Revenge game. Jamal, Jamal Williams. I hope you do that for week four. I hope you do that for week four. When we four get here, I want you. To, I want you to say the revenge game for week four, okay? Week four is two weeks week away, four. and a lot of time to prepare. Mm. So. I'm just putting you on notice since you want to talk about revenge game when it comes to Detroit Lions. And the season typically historically begins around week four, so we'll see. That's when everybody kind of gets out of the the lull of and gets in the zone. So it'll be interesting. All righty. So, um. Final comments, social media. Jamal, we'll start with you. Not much, man. You catch me on stuff about sports uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending on my firefighter schedule. Uh, hit us up at Stuff About Sports on Facebook and on Instagram. And then you can find us, Pain Train, Pipe Bomb, Ricky Show on uh, the Give Us a Shot Network. Just search Give Us a Shot Network on Facebook and uh, network. Alex? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter at Bearman of Texas, just TX. No need to spell it out. You can find the links to my podcast. Please like and subscribe. And if you want to be on the show, just DM me and we can work it out. Gentlemen. Playmaker. You already know. Darnell Playmaker Sounds on Facebook. D20 Playmaker on Twitter and Instagram. Ramley Talk. Uh, next month, it'll be Who's Talk. Dang. I ain't even ready for basketball season yet, but I got to get ready for it. But subscribe, like, share, you know, Arch Rivals this. Flashback Fridays with Ricky on Friday. So I'm all over the place. Plus the NFL carousel with Alice Fleming and Eric Eric Wilson, too. All righty. So all the shows will be back again starting Tuesday next week. PatriotPipeBomb.com. Great merch sales going on. Um. Like once again, Jamal, thanks for coming on. You're a big part of this team. You're the uh, one of the key cogs for Arch Rivals starting to trend everywhere. Thanks to everybody that watched. That critical Broncos fan, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in, hang, hanging out with us, commenting, and uh, giving some picks on the games. Uh, but till Tuesday, Arch Rivals will be back at, I believe, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Enjoy the games tomorrow, guys. Hey, did you like that show? Like, share, follow, subscribe. Share out our shows to all of your social media. Need merchandise? Check out paintrainpipebomb.threadless.com for quality merchandise at great prices. Tune in next time for another edition of Arch Rivals Football, and we'll catch you on the flip side.